Hi, it's uh, Bookish Talk, the shorter version of uh, iBookBinders podcast. Uh, today we have a guest. Uh, it's uh, Kate Holland, and uh, bookbinder from from UK. Uh, there are these perceptions of uh, what bookbinding is. Uh, I, I mean, perceptions uh, uh, propagated by media or by I don't know, uh, by I don't know who. That uh, there is these styles like uh, 18th century bindings, and uh, all bookbinding is like that, and there is no innovation and uh, uh, bookbinders are just, you know, following the old traditions, and definitely there are some bookbinders who uh, do it this way. But uh, the bookbinding world is is such a such a diverse uh, uh, place, and uh, uh, there are so many different things, easy and simple things, and elaborate, uh, but not not necessarily elaborate in a way uh, uh, that there is a lot of gold tooling on, on the surface or something like that. <laughs> it can be elaborate well, in, in, in many other ways as well. Bookbinding is an interesting craft because you're not just a leather worker or a potter or a, you know, you have to learn how to manipulate paper, you have to learn how to work with leather, you have to learn how to work with gold, you have to learn, I mean, there's so many different parts of the process which are different skill sets. It's, and bringing, marrying all those together, as well as design, as well as the sort of intellectual thinking about the book you've read, as well as, um, I just think it's the most brilliant job. It's got, it ticks every box for me, you know. Um, so, but it, I think for a lot of people coming from the outside, it's probably a bit scary, you know. There's so many, I think it's very easy to learn to do a basic book, but the, the leap from that basic single pamphlet binding to a full scale leather gold design binding is, is is quite a sort of, you know, leap. I think there is also the fact that there are no household names in bookbinding. Uh, there needs to come someone like uh, uh, Grayson Perry for, for ceramics. And now everyone, uh, everyone uh, knows him, everyone's into ceramics and people are taking it much more uh, seriously. Now, whereas he didn't exactly invent studio pottery, it's been around for what, like 50, 60, 70 years now. Yeah. And, uh, and and this, uh, the same way, bookbinding needs a champion. You need someone, someone to go outside and show everything that uh, that can be done in, the, in this. I, I completely agree, because he's, he's saying really important, exciting stuff about society and the world today. But through the medium of pots, and there's absolutely no reason why someone else couldn't do that through the medium of books. Um, I mean, you're, you're, the thing about design bindings is that you're working with the author as well of the text. I'm, I'm really interested in taking a classic text, say, and, and finding contemporary issues and highlighting those um, on the cover and saying something about life today and look how it hasn't really changed from what was going on here in this classic text. Is you know, the history is repeats itself continuously and, and, and man, uh, humanity's problems are the same whenever and wherever, you know, it doesn't really matter whether you're Victorian England or, or you know, I don't know, 20, 2021 Moscow, it's, it's all the, the same, isn't it? It's all about love and, and, and hate and, and it's, it's all basic human instincts and desires that we need to highlight and and show up and and yeah talk about the yes i'm not going to go into politics and all the rest of it <laughs> <laughs> and actually uh, uh, only a few weeks back we talked a bookbinder from greece and he made a, a very impressive binding which was all about 
colonialism and uh, slavery and uh, very, very important and still potent things. It was a binding for an 18th century book and yet it was uh, done now, it could only have been done now. And uh, all the questions it, uh, it raises uh, are still with us. And I think that there is a great potential in book bindings, uh, uh, exactly uh, for the reasons you, uh, uh, you say, uh, because a good designer binding uh, works around the text, works with the text and adds another, another layer. I, I, I'm really impressed by, um, by, uh, by the level of uh, uh, contemporary book binding, by your works, by works of your colleagues for the, for the Booker Prize. And um, uh, Mark Cockrum's uh, work is also very impressive when he crosses from book binding uh, into sculpture. So there is great potential there. Absolutely. And I, I did a very, well, it's not similar, but uh, working on a... Um, it was a text from Jonathan Swift, so that's uh, mid-18th century Ireland, but all the elements that were in there, so was, there was abortion, there was uh, mass immigration, there was re religious intolerance, there was, you know, all these things, housing problems, all these things are still contemporary issues, so we, we use contemporary images from Ireland today uh, to highlight these things. With, you know, we did five huge uh, limited edition books based around this one text. Um, and he also then got in uh, an artist to do lithographs and a poet to write poems. It was around Brexit as well. So um, we were all feeling really happy about that at the time. Um, it's, uh, so yeah, it's, I think it's a really exciting area that, that needs to be explored further. And there's, there's a lot to be said still in different ways. What's in store for you uh, this year? What are the biggest projects you're, you're waiting for? I don't know if I can talk about one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's, it, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm doing one very exciting project um, and, it, and diamonds are involved. And I don't think I can really say much more about that. Uh, but it should be quite. Will you be able to 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 say some more uh, something something more uh, in the future, or it will remain secret? <laughs> no, it will be very much out there, publicized. It will be big news when it's finished. So, but um, I guess right... I guess we will return to you in in some time. Yeah, no, that's that's no. You're welcome. Um, I'm imagine I'm imagining a book about Damien Hirst and his skull, where you say diamonds. Except when you say that, because we're using the same jewelers who did Damien Hirst's skull. <laughs> uh, um, but anyway, I've now probably said too much, so um, um, it'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm doing a a big uh, book for a family. It's as a history they'd had, so it's taking you know it's a. It's a limited edition book. They had all the letters that they'd collected from their ancestor and his trips to Australia. And, you know, so it's, it's basically a, um, this is your life. But we fleshed it out with images from the First World War in Australia. And so it's inside as well as outside. I seem to find, and that's probably where I might get an assistant is to do the, the graphic design and the desktop publishing side of things. And then I can get on with the actual binding rather than, having to learn InDesign. So that's that's a very big project that I got out the door. I've just sent another Kelmscott Chaucer to um, Hong Kong. Um, that went out two days, two days on Monday. 
and that was quite a relief to get rid of that because um, they're big books. And it was when I say Kelmscott Chaucer, it's a basilisk press facsimile of the Kelmscott Chaucer, but it's still the same paper, still the same size. I and mean, they're just beautiful. They're really extraordinary books. Um, and yeah, and there's quite a lot of competitions and exhibitions and um, other just and some boring work and some other. There's enough. You you participate in competitions. I do. I'm doing the DB International Bookbinding Competition, and I organise the UK Bookbinding Competition, which we've got. I've got the, all the entries sitting in my workshop here now at the moment, waiting uh, for the judging, which we've just had to delay again because of coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, so, but we need someone to be actually physically come here and, and judge the books. Um, I don't. You can't judge them um, through a screen. Yeah, so, we've got to wait until we're allowed to open up enough to allow someone to come. In. But that's I love this competition because it's very much about encouraging a new generation and getting people to feel confident enough to put their work out there in public. And to um, and it used to be that you'd get um, we used to be exhibited in the British Library when we first this competition was happening. And now now they're going to have a Zoom exhibition, which is not quite the same, but um you know it's it's important to encourage new blood because here in the uk we've got no book binding courses left um you can't go to a college and learn book binding on its own and that's another thing i'm really passionate about is trying to encourage new places to start up or because if we don't get new people following i'm on behind us then we're in real trouble here uh, and uh, uh, what, what about apprenticeship schemes? Uh, we've been very curious to, uh, to talk to someone who worked uh, uh, with those schemes. We, uh, I know uh, Royal Bindery uh, had an apprenticeship uh, yeah, scheme. Yeah, so that had to close down because of the coronavirus, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 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 was it a one-off or, or is it a nationwide uh, uh, program? It was a one-off with the Royal Bindery. It was a sponsored by various of the guilds and companies and it was an amazing scheme and it was really exciting that it was happening and it's quite it's very uh, disappointing that it's had to close um, there is talk of I hear talk of another college possibly opening up uh, but it would still be quite a basic bookbinding course um, apprentice and there is a government-run apprenticeship scheme where if you want to be an apprentice and you need to go and find someone who is willing to take you on and they then sign up through the government and, and they, uh, the government helps fund that place. So you still pay the apprentice a, a weekly wage, but it's a lot lower and the government then tops it up. So the, the apprentice is, is learning a skill at the same time. Um, it's, but it's not like the old-fashioned apprenticeship schemes where you be with a master for 20 years or something and then only then after you've been whipped a hundred times and, and locked in the cupboard and then only then could you but you would there I, I don't know of any official apprentices in bookbinding at the moment in the UK it is a bit strange that uh, in the United Kingdom there is no um, no school of bookbinding or something like that, uh, because uh, we, we just uh, talked to uh, Peter Garrity in, in December about the history of bookbinding uh, studying oh. in the United States, and uh, there are 
at the moment there are several options uh, where to study uh, in the in the states, uh, and I get that the United States is is a bit larger country than the United Kingdom, but still, United Kingdom has has this uh, uh, insane tradition of bookbinding that is uh, yeah. so yeah. so great and uh, impressive, uh, and uh, yeah, and you only can uh, study with. Uh, some individual bookbinders, which is also, well, it's, it's better than nothing, but. You can go to college. I mean, don't, you can go and do evening classes or like a day a week, or uh, you can do city and guilds where maybe you'll do a five day stint. Yeah. Um, but there's no go to college and study just bookbinding yeah. intensely for three years or four yeah. years or whatever. Yeah, well, at, at, at least at least two years. <laughs> no, it would be something like uh, yeah. yeah. no, it. It is it is frustrating, and it, we, it's now a lot of the elements of the process of bookbinding. We've got something called the Heritage Crafts Association, and they've got something called the Red List, which is all the endangered crafts. And yeah. um, two of them, I think, four edge painting, and and I can't remember. I can't remember. Anyway, two of them are on the nearly extinct list. And three of the processes, I think, edge gilding and gold tooling, they're on the endangered list. Um, so they don't. They, when they look at bookbinding, they're including all of the sort of the mechanized bookbinders as well. They're not looking at the individual artisan craft bookbinders. Mm. So they need to, I think, count in a slightly different way because I think they'd find actually we're more endangered than they think we are. And uh, what about professional organizations? Uh, who is uh, uh, who is working on this? Surely it's in the interest of... Uh... So the design, so I'm, so there's two organizations and I'm a member of both. There's Designer Bookbinders and there's Society of Bookbinders. Um, I'm also a fellow of Designer Bookbinders and both uh, organizations organize masterclasses and they organize for students to go to individuals workshops we've just had a um uh, we've just done something called transferring design where we've been going into art colleges and book arts there's a lot of book arts courses but they're not necessarily learning book bind I and mean, they are learning book binding but to very to a certain i i find it really annoying that the book arts and the book binding worlds can't overlap a bit better you know there's a little bit of um let's shall we say um friction between them and um it's frustrating because we're all trying to do the same thing you know make amazing books um but so we've been going out to art colleges book arts courses and and teaching the basics of book binding and then any students who are keen um i've now got five students coming back here to do a an intermediate book binding course and that's funded by money from designer bookbinders um so yeah slowly <laughs> we're trying but it is and i get lots of people contacting me saying i've done a beginner's bookbinding course it's amazing where can i study it and i'm like ah, i can't you know i can't send you anywhere i'm sorry um so it is there's a lot of interest and there's colleges aren't really catching up or haven't caught up yet i I think they, they got rid of a lot. I know they got rid Well, the one college I used to teach at, which had a fully furnished bindery, um, they got rid of it all because they wanted to bring in digital, you know, and it all had to be multimedia and, and all, of, all of the bindery equipment was sent to the handyman's workshop, you know, which is a mile away off campus. And 
it's so short-sighted and I, I teach young people who don't have the hand skills they don't know how to tie a knot or how to thread a needle or you know if you're not if you're all are being taught is how to use a keyboard and how to swipe um what's the point of having these you know where where, where is well, um, you need at least one finger well, uh, actually, you know, I've been thinking about it, and uh, I have great hopes for uh, courses in, uh, in bookbinding springing up all, all over the world uh, after this pandemic, because I think uh, uh, the crisis of the higher education, especially in America and UK, mm. as well as uh, experience of digital uh, uh, online learning, um, uh, leading to a very critical attitude towards uh, most of higher education. And so more and more people want to learn to do something real, mm. not, not, to, not to get, I don't know, BA in social studies. Um, I mean, okay, you can do that, but you can also learn a craft. So I think yeah. uh, in the next two years, we'll, uh, we'll see a rebirth of, professional education let's let's hope yeah when i when i was teaching uh, bookbinding uh, some I, I think it was already five years ago or, or something like that uh, i had this feeling that uh, there are a lot of uh, people coming to uh, a lot of students coming to my classes who are just uh, so tired of uh, all this digital stuff and vir virtual uh, you know virtual work and uh, and uh, uh, communication and they want to to make something real and to have something real. So uh, here lies my hope that uh, with the, with the uh, next years, more people will be interested in, in doing more real stuff. Well, pottery is something real, but uh, bookbinding is also there. So <laughs> hopefully <laughs> bookbinding will have a revival or some or sorts. Yeah, I, I, and also there's sort of the whole e-book thing, you know, the, the books are all... all words and text and, and things that like various books are now being published but they're not being published in physical form they're only being published on the internet or on you know on in digital form um i think that losing that the physicality of, of reading something and then turning the pages and the smell of the book and more books are being sold here in the uk than ever before you know they're saying oh the book will die but it's not true the people humanity loves this this object that you know this perfectly formed and functioning machine that um can get um what did I, what the one is, is the, the book never runs out of batteries you know you and you can drop it in the bath and you can still read it and you can um it's I, we're never going to lose that i don't think i hope yeah hopefully. And, and, and as and i suppose and also from a design binding point of view uh, the further the majority goes down the route of digital and the screens, the minority will then, the books will get, I think, believe, will be sort of elevated to sort of art object, um, sort of worship and, and reverence, hopefully. <laughs> and then, um, but, you know, obviously, I don't like the fact that I work for people who can afford what I do. I would like it to make it more universal and more, you know, uh, just have more people able to to enjoy books and, and handmade books you know make either make them for themselves or be able to buy them or it annoys me that it's only the people with a lot of money buy buy my books <laughs> it's, but i don't know what i i have to live i have to you know and they take a long time 
And if you work out the hourly rate of, of um, you know, it takes 150 hours, I estimate, to do one design binding. And I, I keep putting my prices up, but um, still not very high in terms of, a, you know, a master craftsman or someone, a skilled artisan, their hourly rate should be probably more than what mine is at the moment. But, so. uh, are you That's unionized? Sure. Is there a union? Is yeah, there no. a union? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. Uh, and uh, 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 what about the availability of uh, design uh, uh, bindings uh, via museums and, and libraries? Uh, I know there are some uh, some museums that can afford to buy uh, to buy modern bindings, but uh, it's it's not wi widely available, not at all. It's not well the the. British, uh, so the British Library, the Bodleian Library, and the Victorian Albert, and I suppose sometimes John Rylands, they're the libraries in the UK, the public libraries, which have active buying programmes. But I would say those buying programmes seem to have slowed down quite a lot recently. There's been a lot of cuts, um, of course. The, the US libraries have a lot of money and a lot of buying power and, and do buy stuff from time to time um but yes it's not um and there's a few private collections obviously which um and private collectors but not again not not many and not uh, but, then, but then uh, but then again dna uh, used to buy a lot of books but it's not uh, as straightforward as going and just seeing many of them at once you uh, they display a few at a time but for the, for the most part, you have to go and order a book uh, to experience it. So sure. there, is, there is no dedicated museum space for, uh, for, for contemporary book binding. Not, not in the UK. Not, I can't think of anywhere. Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which, is, which is another reason I think that book binding is not taken as seriously as it deserves. Because people don't have don't experience uh, modern books, they mm. uh, can rarely see them, and usually in the context of an exhibition, when you see a few books at a time, Im imagine coming to a museum and seeing hundreds of uh, uh, designer bindings. That would be quite an experience. It would be wonderful <laughs> if anyone's <laughs> listening out there. Yeah, sure. Um, I, yeah, I sort of feel maybe the. French may have somewhere small that you can go to and see some 20th century bindings, but probably not now, now books. Um, yeah, I can't think, I mean, I know if you go to the book binding exhibition in the VNA or in the British Library, they're both pretty traditional stuff that, you know, there's nothing, um, you know, we at DB, we try and put on as many exhibitions uh, in the UK, so we've got one. So the international competition, for instance, will be at the Bodleian, um, and where you will be able to see a large collection of books. But they're not part of the library's collection; they're, they're just there on a on a temporary exhibition. Um, but no, there's not. No, maybe in America, there's. Um, there is the Walker Library of Human Imagination. I don't know if you come across that, which I've. I've sold a book too, uh, but so there. But again, they're they're also looking at all sorts of other bits of of humanity, not just the book. No, it's a good idea. 
we, we need to get it out. Yeah, we do need to get it out. Do you still uh, do personal projects uh, or you only work on, on, on orders? I'm desperate to do a personal project. I think for the last year I've done, except for one but tiny miniature book, I've done work for other people or, or you know, work that I've designed in collaboration with or, you know, having to discuss with the client or go, you know, so it's always, you're never given that complete free reign to do exactly what you want. But uh, I've got two or three books in mind this year so I've got a, a large enough job paid for, which will, you know, then cover me to do my own bindings. So, yeah, okay. quite excited to be able and, to... And when you program. say personal project, it still for, say, an exhibition, or yeah. is it a gift to a family member? No, they're, they're sick of books. They don't want any more books, thank you. <laughs> Um, no, they're there for exhibitions and uh, speculative, so hopefully someone will then buy them afterwards. That's, that's the plan. So that's how they pay for, for themselves. Yeah. But so uh, it's having a balance of commissions where you know you've got the money coming in at the end of the, or uh, ideally, you know, you space out the payment. So you're not, it's the thing about being self-employed, isn't it? Is, is how do you manage your finances so that you can live and, um, you know, function um so but and yet still do your art um and so yeah if you've got i like to have a bit of a balance of commission work and speculative work so that i get to do the, the fun stuff um but i don't know that i'm going to sell it at the end uh whereas the commission stuff i i know it's guaranteed money in the bank and um you know you can relax a bit after you've got that but as i say yeah the hourly rate's not great but um so what, hardly anything you make stays with you. I, I have, I have, it's, it's really quite embarrassing. People come to the bindery and they're like, so show me some of your work. And I'm like, I haven't, that literally, I've got, I think I've got one book in this, in the bindery that's not something in, in process or, except for my student work or, you know, some early, early attempts, which I wouldn't show anyone. I think it may be also interesting to talk about, uh, uh, not now, maybe in, at some moment in the future, uh, about early works, because I guess uh, looking at early works can bring uh, first a lot of memories and next, and then uh, uh, some insights on how not to do things. <laughs> that's, that's very important. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, inter it's interesting. Sometimes you're pleasantly surprised. And other times you're horrified. How how could you even have shown this to anyone, let alone you know? But yeah, it's um, they're all they're all out there. My guilty secret. I guess uh, we we need to finish because uh, finish this uh, recording because uh, we have another call in in something like thirty minutes. We will oh. be talking uh, to a bookbinder bookbinder from Mexico. And and, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I don't get to talk about bookbinding very often. I don't know if you're the same as me, but my family don't want to hear about it. So the minute someone else wants to talk, I, you know, difficult to stop. Uh, do, 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 do come again. It, it was a real pleasure talking to you. Well, thank you very much for, for having me. Yeah.
So thanks a lot, Kate, for talking to us and uh, giving some insights uh, on how this uh, Booker binding was made and uh, all the other things we discussed. Uh, I would also like to thank our, our uh, viewers and listeners and uh, special thanks go to uh, our patrons on Patreon who uh, with, uh, with their money help us to uh, edit, to cover expenses on editing these uh, videos. So uh, their input is uh, really crucial to us uh, if you want to uh, become a member of this crowd please check the link below like subscribe and uh, see you next time thanks a lot bye bye, bye. bye.